Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, where we can discuss anything we fangirl about. Just so you know whose voice is whose, I am Sheila Amato, and you can find us on Twitter at Forever Fanpod. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on our website, foreverfangirls.com. We are your hosts, and we are glad you can join us. So, the first six episodes of Winona Earp Season 4 have been quite a roller coaster of a ride, wouldn't you say? Yep. Yes. Yep. There were lots of ups and downs. Lefts and rights. Going sideways really fast. Sexy times. Really sexy times. There's Emma. a lot of sexy times in this season. Kombucha. Kombucha. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Um, but we're not going to discuss that right now. No. And while hashtag five for Winona, five is in the number five, Winona, trends uh, to get fans more Winona, which we are all for, we are truly only halfway through season four. Yes. And we are going to be looking back at the first half of Winona Herb um, and why we can't wait for the rest. But yes. before we go too deep into this discussion, we have to have our banter music here because we don't want to spoil anybody in case you have not seen any of the episodes yet. Yep. So, if you have not, please pause this podcast and then come back to us when you've seen the episodes. But it has been brought to my attention that some people don't mind being, um, you know, spoiled or, or listening to podcasts or reading recaps and reviews. So if that is you, you know, keep listening. Thank you so much for paying attention. And we hope that what we say makes sense and I don't sound like a fool. No. Well, no. No, you don't. I don't. It's not cute. Aww. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll be covering all six episodes and we're actually going to do this show a little bit differently. Yeah, like I said, other places, because they had power and we didn't, <laughs> uh, were able to do in-depth recaps and reviews. And so we decided, you know what, since it's been done, um, we wanted to take each character and discuss their journey thus far through the first six episodes. Yeah, since all of their journeys intersect at some point, we just wanted to delve a bit deeper into what we liked and what we disliked about the storylines thus far. You know, granted, we are only talking about half of the season. So what I might currently think of as either a plot hole or a uh, I don't get what's going on here moment mm. could be a deliberate setup that I'm not aware of at this point. Yes. So, um, yeah, going back to episode two. Is it really bad that I want to start singing right now? From the window to the wall, to the floor, to the stairs, to the door. To I the have floor. no idea what you were talking about. Okay, so I'm just going to go with the tale of the wall, the stairs, and the floor. Yeah, but the floor was episode three. Oh. Well, wasn't the floor also episode anyway, two? I am specifically not thinking about that. Because <laughs> we don't want to be talking about it yet? I am specifically thinking about Evil Eve as oh. Nicole in the garden. Yes. Yes. So I wanted to just do a shout out to Sakari, who did a cosplay as Evil Eve and creating the spoon. Because she well, is just Well, the spoon like was episode three. That coincided with the second time on the floor. 
Ah, uh, see, now you've confused me. No, Evil Eve was the garden, which was aye, two, aye, and aye. three was the floor part two. You know what? Either way, Sakari wherever, awesome. wherever they were, I am actually <laughs> thinking about Sakari's cosplay and yes. how awesome it was. Yes. And that, you know, even though we're not able to see it in person, Sakari is just amazing with what she comes up with. And so I just wanted to do that shout out. Yes. And, you know, continuing that little shout out really quick, if you'll indulge me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very, very thankful. And I think a lot of people were that it, it had that con feel. You know, Sakari doing mm-hmm. cosplay just seems to go hand in hand with the convention. And speaking of that, Sakari and this wonderful team of Erpers are bringing forth Erp CurseCon, which is September 19th and 20th of this year, yes. a.k.a. the year of COVID. Um, and, I mean, I'm I'm excited. They have Melanie, they have Kat, they've got... like. Just, there's so much cool stuff going on. Yes, it's very awesome. And if you need more information about the con, you can go to their website at erpcursecon.com. Uh, they have Say a that of, three times fast. I can't. <laughs> so they, they do have uh, panels that will be streaming for free on Twitch. And so you'll have a lot of information there on the website. And just a reminder, it is erp. 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 I erp. can't. It's erpcursecon.com. <laughs> Com. I know their lottery is open currently, I think, still. Yes. But again, the website will have all the information you need. But that's just really, it's really cool that Erpers got together and, and decided to do that. Yes. And we are going to have that in our show notes page. So. Yes, we'll have the links just in case you need it. But we are just going to jump right into this in no particular order of conversation or discussion. Evil Eve is a freaking shapeshifter. Yes. And we have no idea where she is. I thought that when they you know, when they finally left the garden, that that's where Evil Eve ended as well. But apparently not. Well, do we know? Well, I didn't think that they, that we had the Clantons there. Well, but here's where my brain went to sort of, you know, connecting dots aimlessly, because that's just what I do. Is it possible that Evil Eve went so far back in time that she actually made the deal with the Clantons and that's where all this started. Like, I don't know, but we don't, we don't know anything. We just know that she opened the door or I shouldn't say she, she was kicked through the door, I believe, uh, in the form of Jeremy. And that's it. I haven't. Yeah. No idea. Something. Mm. I mean, yeah, it is obviously a character that's going to come back. Yes. And bite us somewhere. Red apple. Anybody? Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so moving on. So and we really, really, really can't, we really, 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 we can't really discuss too much about Eva Eve because we don't know anything about her. No, we don't. So I, I would like to know more and I am, I am anxiously awaiting where that shoe is going to drop because we know it's going to drop. Yes. The next point, mm-hmm. next character, mm-hmm. um, Mercedes pretends to be a vampire in a vampire club. The glory hole. Really? Which, again, slight. <laughs> I'm going to screw this up for the rest of this podcast now. Every time I'm going to think of the glory hole, I'm going to say chocolate hole because <laughs> of a video that was just sent to me from Serena uh, basically showing me the chocolate hole apparently is... is a, a it's part, an actual place. It's a in place. The, in the Caribbean. And I'm literally now going to say, oh, did you go to chocolate hole? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's wrong. But yeah, I mean... Seeing her dancing and, and it's she's hiding there because it's safer for her. So, you know what? So in my head, right, 
a vampire will know that you're human because they can smell your blood. Wouldn't they Can't have they, like, known? hear your heartbeat or something? Yeah. Well, that's well, the... Well, I mean, but that's what that's, the, that's what Doc has been doing, right? Like, or no, I'm... I, she was cut, so no. I don't. I honestly don't know about the heartbeat part, but yeah, can't they tell that you're not like one? And of maybe them? maybe I'm just conflating this show with Buffy, but mm-hmm. I, you know, vampires. Or maybe know. they know and they don't care, and they're just like, oh, look, we have a human pet. Maybe that's the appeal of it: is someone trying to be them, like you know, a lot of other series have done. Maybe they're trying to do a twist on this. I I, I don't, don't know. know, but I'm like, I Mercedes, would like to see more. Get out of there. Yeah, it would be like, hello. But even she said it's safer there than it is outside in regular purgatory. So I I want to know, I really want to know what, look, let's just cut and dry all of these, right? I mean, I, I do want to go into depth, but like a big paintbrush across all of these stories, right? All of these storylines. I want to know matter of factly what happened in the last 18 months. Yes. And I think that's what, that's what is so curious is every single character, like Mercedes, what, what got her to this point? Why right. is she doing this? Why does she not feel safe? I mean, I, I want to know more. Yeah. And I, I'm actually thinking about a very big puzzle and that the 18 months is like the middle of the puzzle that's just it's missing. It's that one piece that's missing that it's like, not you the can one never piece. find. It's a big piece. It's well, like yeah, a big, but it's it's always like you finish this massive jigsaw puzzle of like four thousand pieces, and there's one missing. Yes, and it's like no. <laughs> so moving right along from Mercedes because she, we don't know what her storyline is as of yet. Yeah, the Clantons they exist. Well, yes. Well, but we we hadn't Just heard like the Montagues and the Capulets. Yes, but in all the other seasons, if they existed in Purgatory why why didn't we know about them so that's where that evil eve thing comes in did she do something in the past that made them be there mm. i don't know i don't know um, and and i'm really concerned considering what winona did because cleo is like you know you know chili cook off for freedom as she shoots a t-shirt into someone's nads i think mm-hmm. um her in charge is going to be kind of insane yeah yeah so yeah i want to know what what that's going to be like because she was already on edge that first day and her mama put her in her place and said no i'm the head of the family and you listen to me and blah 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 so i'm curious if she's gonna explode Hmm. see in my mind though i'm like thinking i'm thinking legends of tomorrow what earth are we on what? Uh, <laughs> but it's which, it's true. What happened? Which purgatory are we on? You know, we've discussed it before. There were so many doors to go through. Exactly. And That's and why. now looking back on it, after Nicole and uh, I can never remember her name, the head of the Clinton family. But now that she said, you know, you think you're you you know you were so strong to find a way home, you know, revenge can keep it it is so powerful mm-hmm. revenge and anger and, and all the stuff can open it up and when i look back i was like oh my god there really was a c on that door yes it the, you know that little detail i just saw that you know the it lit up it, but you would it was such a quick little flash you wouldn't have noticed it you had to when it was like an easter eggy type thing you know yes. you have to go back and look at it and then i was like oh wow okay so nicole really is the reason they are back nicole yes. selling you know doc pretty much is the reason yeah so I'm curious where the clans have been. I'm curious what they're doing. And I'm really curious what Cleo's going to do. Because 
there are two bodies on the property and both of them are because of the Waverly, Waverly Earp girls, the Earp girls, the Earp sisters are the reason that they're gone. Yeah. And that they're keeping the feud alive. Yeah. Unfortunately, but. Well, but let's also, that that's later. Going into Rosita. She's alive. She is alive. Thanks to magical rocks. (laughs) Stuck in between a rock and a hard place. (laughs) (laughs) You just really want, you've been waiting to say that, haven't you? Yes. But you know what? I I like um, I like that she got a little bit of redemption. You know, she helped uh, Winona get recover peacemaker, peacemaker, and you know, she's those women that are in there. They're safe. Um, yeah, I. You know, I. It's it's interesting that it seemed like anyway that they closed a loophole there that you know Rosita really was collateral damage. I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't realize that there were and. With war, you always do have collateral damage. Yeah. Um, and seeing all of those women there who are now safe in the church and mm-hmm. they don't feel pain. And you had to replay that scene for me because I, I just didn't, I didn't quite realize that they were revenants. Well, they, I believe she said that they were all victims of Wyatt's gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Going back, I believe everybody who is killed by his gun becomes a revenant. But then here's my question. The curse has been broken, right? So Rosita said if she steps off the rock in a hard place, uh, they went poof. Mm -hmm. So if they're in this environment, they're not going poof, which means technically... It's a magical realm of some sort. Well, that's my question. Is it a magical realm? Are we going to get more explanation about it? Are we going to revisit this? Because... If they're still alive, technically the curse is too. Mm. Because if my understanding of the curse is correct, you have to eradicate all of the revenants for the curse to break, which means if all of them are not dead and some of them are living in this other realm, regardless of whether they're on this Earth, Earth Prime, that's DC, but um, whatever it is, you know, if they're somewhere else, where's that loophole is it a loophole is is alice going to you know and when she turns 27 have to come back and redo all of this um mm. it, it would give indirectly what's cool is it gives an aspect of uh bobo del Rey coming back possibly but he is but he is of him wa- now i remember Waver- that waverly yes killed him i but don't think again, he can come back if the again loophole because if the curse isn't broken, even though she killed him and he says, thank you. And I know there's the whole, I'm of him now. I'm not, I'm of Bolshar. Again, it's a whole theory thing. I don't, I don't know what's true, but this is sci-fi world. We can do whatever we want. Mm. There's always a way to do it. But moving right along, Jeremy. You know, it really bugs me that I know he was trying to save or protect Robin. Mm-hmm. But... That just would not fly for me. Sending me away somewhere safe if you were being watched by Black Badge? Yeah, that would not work for me. You know what also doesn't really work for me? And I know that he was um, abandoning his chosen family. Um, to protect you know, them? To protect them. like, And that that includes Nicole. So him not really commenting or talking or finding a way to get to her. And his answer was using the phone that was being, you know, my black badge issued phone that they could listen in on. But yet when Chrissy Nedley drives by, when there's a gaggle of people nearby, she says they're back. 
and he knows and he takes the risk to then send black badge individuals right. to pick her up so it's like i i get it i totally 100 percent emphatically understand you do not want anybody you don't want to use a telephone that somebody else has access to. You don't want to use communication somebody else has access to. But you've obviously made... But there's always a way. There is. And so I want to know, was there more to that? Because maybe there is something that we don't know that happened to him that he could not reach Nicole, you know, or that he Nicole did to him. Maybe he knew about, you know, indirectly that she was willing to go off the deep end. Or maybe Nicole had gone so dark in defending herself that he didn't want to be around her. Whatever it is, it's like, I I feel like there's this little, there's something hanging there. And I don't know why. But there's always a way to get in touch with somebody. And that, that line of using my cell phone that they were listening in on doesn't work for me when Nedley drives out and whispers their back. And then you bring Winona into Black Badge themselves. Oh, Nedley's daughter, you mean? Yes. You, you just oh, said sorry. Nedley, and I was sorry. like... Chrissy ne- Nedley. Ne- Nedley. Do I, was, I need to specify my Nedleys now? Yes, because Nedley was still a, a little monster thingy. Thingy, thingy. <laughs> when we get to him, I have a funny thing that I first thought of. But so, yeah, that, that bothered me. So I really think for, for Jeremy, we really need to get into his 18 months to figure out what happened. I think him and Nicole specifically, we really need to know what happened in those 18 months. Yeah, because there, there, there does seem to be like a, a rift there. And I don't know, I understand it looked like it was copacetic uh, at the end of episode six. But part of me is like, you know, what what is great right now could be wonderful at the moment, but the hurt is still there. You have to heal. And I don't know if Nicole and Jeremy are just going to snap their fingers and, you know, a spoonful of sugar does not make this stuff go away. But it makes it taste really good. (laughs) Anyway, so moving right along. We're done with Jeremy, yes? Yes. Okay. So, Valdez, as in Rachel Valdez. New character. Yes, new character. She learned that her mom was trying to keep... The portal to the the garden closed and died doing it. Yes. And then found out Winona lied to her about knowing. Yeah. Yeah, that was betrayal. That was tough. But then we find out that you know, she becomes Nicole's kind of daughter. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, she goes from not having any family to having Nicole as, you know, her mom, mother figure. Yeah. And then when all of them come back, you know, now she has an even bigger family. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see her dynamic with the rest of them because she's built this relationship for 18 months with Nicole. Nicole. And, you know, she has a little bit of a, a relationship with Winona because they had the interaction, you know, at the the zombie apocalyptic place that reminded me of Resident Evil. But, yes, you know, not so too weird. much. And now she really is, she has uncles and, you know, it's just this whole thing. And I'm interested to see how she adjusts because if you if you watch, she really listens to Nicole and like everybody else she sort of listens to. Well, because I mean, even Winona, you know, she only had the, the what a few hours with her at the yeah. very beginning before Winona went through into the garden. Mm-hmm. So naturally, you're you're not going to automatically be open with someone. Yes, that way. And it's been eighteen months of what we can only assume is hell, basically. Yeah. I mean, the house looks like it's been fortified with traps. You've got to, she says, you've got to check them every few hours. So this is a kid who's got to be on her toes 
and be more adult than I guess a kid yeah. her age and should she, be. And she is, you know, talking to Billy Clinton. Oh, poor Billy. Right? And they they were sort of somewhat having a relationship, but that got nixed really yeah. quickly. I mean, she finds out well, I don't think she actually has found out yet, has she? I don't think I don't think so. I but, mean, she she found his phone, but he's gone. But he's gone. He is a reaper. Yes, and that's he, scary thing. Yes, and to be honest, that did remind me of Mass Effect, the series, of course it the, the video game. Well, hey, be nice to me. <laughs> I'm um, always nice to you. In the video game, the there are creatures called the Reapers, and they come and they wipe out all living things. They make them husks of themselves that they control, and they're like these maddening husks. And they let out these whales and they just like attack you and kill you. And I lose a lot to them. Just going to say that. But I can see them. Unlike, you know, everybody else. Everybody. Marked. Can't see them. Which, can we just say how, how really amazing that scene was in the basement of Shorty's with the actor who played Billy going like from Nicole to not Nicole to being nice. That was just really, that was really interesting and really really good but i really i really do and i keep saying i really i want to know how all of this is going to affect rachel because along the way you know you've lost your mom you're dealing with all this if things settle down or if things get to a plateau is all of this trauma going to hit her and when and how well she's been living in the basement of that of the black badge Yes. Bunker. I don't know what you call it. But she was all, she was living off the grid. She was living there. She needed help to get past yeah. the zombies in order to find out where her mom was. But all of that aside, it's like, this is, this is all like really heavy stuff. And, but my point is, my point is that she had time to try to figure that out on her own, trying to not be eaten by zombies. I, I, but she didn't know her mom was dead. I'm sure she had true. an inkling, but she didn't know. And now it's like, what do they always say? Hope is like the the best and worst thing you can have. Hope mm. helps you, but hope also gives you false sense of hope. If there's if somebody is off um, in a zombie apocalyptic place and they haven't come to find you in like two to three weeks, they're most likely not alive. So she had hope and wanted to find out for herself. And now that she did, if you... and. and it was just an amazing scene where she just held the gun up and said, no, my mom closed the portals. So no, yeah. you're not getting through. So I'm interested to see if this is all going to hit her or if she has dealt with it. Like during that 18 months, did she and Nicole break down together? You know what I'm saying? Again, 18 A months. A very big piece of the puzzle that's missing. So we're going to go to Elder Nedley now since I have to message Randy. Um, well, that's just an interesting thing. <laughs> It's a sexy season, but let's talk about Randy. (laughs) (laughs) You're terrible. I still haven't figured out how the hell he got hurt. The crabs got him. Did they crawl up his leg sideways? Did uh, he? I mean, I'm trying to figure that out because it was it was up mid. It was his abdomen, correct? Yes. So how the hell did he get hurt from crabs? Unless he fell down, and then they. If you look, I'm sorry. It's just. I I just. I, just, I mean, it is I what it is, right? It, it is, but it's also like, it, it's just, it keeps sticking with me because I can just, it's like if you're laying down and the crabs are coming at you, you're going to have more damage than that. Like, because I remember seeing an episode of Xena where we're, one of her, and spoiler alert, one of her uh, 
Nemethithith. <laughs> One of the people that uh, she hurt in her Nemesis? past. Nemesis? I was being sarcastic and saying it silly. But oh, yes. okay. Um, she was left on a beach to die and the crabs got to her and they ate her arm off. You know, I mean, so crabs are, are scavengers, so they're not just going to poke a hole in you and run. Yes, but these are supernatural crabs. I, I'm still trying to figure out how he got hurt, and I just, I can't wrap my brain around it. Yeah, well. And then he became that, that creature, that, that fuzzball you creature. You know, I do not want to have whatever infection he got, because that just is... Super strength, though, but creepy as hell. Yes. God, the shampoo and conditioning bill of that's got to be hell. It, what, what's interesting to me is that the kombucha was the one that c- cured him of whatever it was. <laughs> yes. And can you imagine how cold he must have been lying there on the ground? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, is it really bad that I was going, oh, my God, he's covered in Furbies? <laughs> like I was waiting for all of them. Did you really go I there? I went there. Yes, I did. Ew. Um, but, you know, as always, his character continues to be the comedic relief and always be that father figure. Um, oh, gosh. I loved his line when he said that, you know, anything can be fixed with like chicken soup and a marathon of one day at a time. That was, I was perfect. cracking up at that. That really was perfect. And it's, and it's very on point. Yeah. Um, but even he's willing to go anywhere you need him to as a family member. Mm-hmm. You know, like he sends his daughter away knowing it hurts him. He could leave with her. You know, he could, he could leave with her. He's retired. He could leave and he chooses to stay and he stays because Winona needs him. Yes. And so he does the right thing and he becomes that he's that fatherly figure for this crew. And honestly, I think that he also feels like Nicole still needs him as well because she Well, lost- apparently she does because he had to wear a wolf head. <laughs> I know. But yeah. I love that scene. There's... So getting into the nitty gritty now, Waverly is apparently stronger than the Clintons. Yes, that's my impression. But I have a question. Knowing her journey in season three, how she became owner of the ring. Mm -hmm. Julian took the ring back from her because it came off her hand for him uh, when he remembered who he was. And he went through and all the stuff and he saved Nicole's life. Right. Mm hmm. He then hands the ring to her, if I remember correctly, in her bedroom and says, you know, I've used the last bit of it, of my power to save Nicole. In the garden, Winona gives Waverly the ring so that she could give it back to Nicole as a proposal. And that helps break Waverly out of it, right? Mm -hmm. But when they go to leave the garden, Waverly throws the ring away. Yes, because I don't think that she ever needed the ring in the first place. She still managed to use her powers by going same, same. Yes, she didn't have the ring then. Yeah, she didn't have the ring. You don't think she needs the ring for the powers, but the foundation gave me the impression she did. So how does she get triggered? I think that the ring was to help Julian because he was 100% angel. Okay. That it was the way he had to use his powers outside of the garden. So you're saying that the... Okay, if I'm understanding you correctly, the garden is where you think he could be himself and be fully empowered, but right. and when then he's outside of that realm, he needed the ring to help him channel his power. That's what I think. I could be wrong. But, but then theoretically, 
would Waverly need the ring at all in either realm? I don't think she... See, and this is why I think that she is more powerful, because she is half angel, half human. Mm -hmm. So she can be... She's, you know, a, a... she can be in any realm. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated, but I'm also her journey thus far has been kind of figuring out who she is. You know, like she knows who I shouldn't say that. She knows who she is. She's an herb. But who she is with Nicole, finalizing that relationship mm-hmm. and proposing properly. Instead of it being the whole end of the world happening, let's get married, which was, I guess, a fear of several fans, myself included. There was this intimacy and this connection and this depth of relationship between the two. But if she is this powerful and she's more powerful than the clans and she's just murdered somebody. Well, the the... The matron of the Clintons, I, I can't remember her name. Neither can I. I'm sure that she also, I mean, she put hexes on people. Oh, I'm she's not saying not, she's a good person at all, and I'm sure she's a demon, and because she, they said the ancestors have kept them alive. But if she's that powerful, I mean, is she's the most powerful person in purgatory? Well, maybe. I'm sure that, well, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, I hope that we will get an answer to that. Just like I hope we will get an answer to what freaking book she picked. The she bit? She picked. Oh, picked. Sounded like you said bit. No. I was going to say that's picked. very painful. Picked. I, that would be really great to know, wouldn't it? It's been my question for like ever. What, do, what, what book do you think she chose? We had this discussion. I know, I'm asking you again. I think she picked Nicole. Hmm. I wonder how that is going to affect too, if that comes back. But overall, seriously, I want to know if she can leave the Ghost River Triangle because BBD is blocking it. From what now? Because now Nedley is back to being a human. No, but the thing is, they, they keep, Jeremy says he keeps the demons and everything inside. Can she leave? She's not human, fully. Hmm. And yes, what freaking book did she take? <laughs> I don't know. That is the angel question. Yes, but I think it was Nicole's book. Now, speaking of Nicole. Yes. She, I, I think Nicole's storyline is the one that is fascinating me most. Because it's really... Because she was the one left behind? Yeah, but she's always left behind. Think about it. Nicole is always left behind. Um, in the very beginning, she is, uh, she comes in a black badge and they kind of close the door on her face. This doesn't concern you, blah, 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 things like that. At the end of the season, uh, doll says, welcome to black badge. And then the beginning of season two, Waverly cuts her out of the blood oath to BBD. And then, um, there's the whole discussion with, I want to say Eliza, uh, discussing that, you know, she was deputized and they're all like, okay, cool, whatever. And she kind of gets dismissed again. You know, Nicole always is left behind because she is not an ERP. She is just, as she even called herself, a local flatfoot. So she's been ignored and kind of left behind but this whole time. she's a very big 
piece of Waverly's Not life. arguing that point at all. But look at her story. She's constantly been left behind, but always the one to fix things and help and be the first one to put her life on the line. And then when push comes mm. to shove, she put her life on the line to save Winona and got left behind. And what did she do? She did everything in her power to stay as strong as possible, to fight, to take care of Rachel. She even says that she was taking care of Rachel, protecting the homestead. She didn't have time to run a campaign. So she lost what made her so proud of of her career. You know, being sheriff, she had to give that up. Mm. And there's animosity there between her and the Clintons in regards to that. So I think they... She even says to Doc, oh, no, just Nicole or, you know, that crazy ginger. She really has given up everything and was left behind. And there is this darkness now because she went to places, including making a deal to sell Doc. Yeah. For Waverly. Because she loved her so much and she wanted her safe and home. And it was almost selfish you know, for whatever reason, I know that I would do the same thing for you. I would do whatever it took to bring you home because I love you and I want you here with me. And I understand what she did a hundred percent, but it's the first time I've seen really Nicole do something super selfish because it's always been, well, how can I help you? What does Winona need? What does Waverly need? How can I help doc and dolls and blah, 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 all the way through. She's always putting herself out for someone else. And it's the first time she's done something for herself almost out of desperation. Well, it's been 18 months. Yes, but I love how we're seeing it weigh on her. Mm. And we're seeing a side of Nicole that is not this easygoing, I will defend anybody, I will support anybody type character. We're actually showing and being shown, rather, her weakness. And we're being shown what she had to give up. And I am even more interested to see what she went through. Because that, that homestead with trailers and traps all over the place and um bins and uh on the floor of episode two besides waverly and nicole was uh armored vest and other equipment so i'm just curious like what did she have to do i always thought that it was protecting the homestead from Nedley, when he was a beastie thing. With all of that weaponry, though? I mean, there were people hanging in the square. So, I think yes, there's more was, to it. But that was, the, that was the doing of the sheriff. Clanton sheriff. True, but I think, there, I think there's more to it than that. Mm. Plus, how is it going to weigh on everyone else when they find out what she was willing to trade? Did they not mention that? In the, I, she, I must the, have missed the that. The matron of the Clanton family mentioned it to Waverly, but I don't know if Waverly mentioned it to everyone else. Mm. So that's, that's going to be interesting to see how it really comes full circle or if it just, they just accept, Hey, everybody's, everybody makes mistakes and we understand where you were coming from. Well, I don't know how that's going to work since it's, it seems like transitioning here that doc is moving further and further away from Winona. Because he's essentially saying, you know what? I am tired of this feud. I am tired of the past. I want to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. 
Watermelon tomato. Yes, Look. okay. Our, um, our niece used to sing those lyrics. Uh, yeah, he does, right? He he was in the, the museum in Purgatory, and I believe that like Winona mentions, I didn't even know there was a museum. Yes, and the fact that he is, he is not, he, hmm, what am I trying to say here? He is he is not remembering Wyatt Earp, his best friend, the way he when he was watching that video of of Wyatt Earp. Well, isn't that always the case? Because your your memories, the persistence of memory, you you it, have a tendency to remember the good times and people in good. You you don't in think good of light. them. You don't think of them as as dark evil people, and also remember he's how old, like. Centuries old, yes. So he's had an exorbitant amount of time to really marinate on all these things and process them and deal with them. And he, maybe he's reaching a point where he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. He's had the time. He has the luxury of walking away. Yeah. And now he's a vampire, so he can live really, 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 really long. Yeah, and he can protect his child and he can do everything he needs to. But I think he's he's made so many bad decisions that he kind of just figures, you know what, I want to, I want to just start making good ones and stop doing things. Yeah. But unfortunately there, the people around him are not quite there yet, especially Winona. I mean, that scene, and it's funny because, you know, there's the slow, slow motion scene of Earp and the Clinton sheriff walking away. Mm -hmm. And you kept saying, Winona, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, what is Winona going to do? And then, Oh, you mean when Doc was walking away, not Earp. Sorry, what did I say? You said Earp and the Clinton. The Clinton sheriff and Doc were yeah. walking away because he was trying to de-escalate the situation. They had made a pact to kill the, if I remember correctly, they made a pact to kill the whole feud. To yes. just annihilate to, it and to start let it over. go. Because both of them were tired, were tired of it. And... You kept saying next to me, Winona, don't do it. Winona, don't do it. And then Winona shot the sheriff in the back. And the only reason I said that was because the parallel was too great. Because the episode when they were in the museum and he was watching the video and she goes, would he have been proud of me? And then Doc goes, I don't think you would have been proud of him. Mm -hmm. When... They mention, I believe, he Wyatt says in the film that uh, Doc shot him in the back, I believe. That Doc shot someone else in the back. Yeah. Yes. And you see Doc's face change. I was like, oh, well, is that the truth? Or did something else really happen and Wyatt's thrown him under the bus? Yeah. Don't know. And then you had, when she goes to get Peacemaker and she's screaming, you know, uh, Rosita actually mentions, if the curse is done, what do you need Peacemaker for? And she's like, because my job isn't done. And then she's yelling at Peacemaker, I am a hero. We make the tough decisions because that's what we have to do. You don't have to like it, but we have to do it. Yeah. She doesn't have the luxury of being PC. So I knew it was coming because at the end of the day, these people wanted her baby. And these I, people yeah. are, are evil. And I think it was in her mind, she has to look at things black and white. And Doc has the luxury of time and process that he doesn't have to look at it that way anymore. And I guess that's why I was hoping that, you know, it, it would end. But then I don't know how I would feel if I knew that my mortal enemy wanted my baby. And I even 
knowing that Doc found that out later, he almost, it didn't resonate. Right. And that was amazing acting because it's like, well, it doesn't matter. He's dead. You know, you, you went above and beyond. We could have handled that, but you took that out of my hands. And it just seemed like he wants choices now. He wants to make better choices, right? Right. And he's acting as if everybody has the same choices he does. And you don't. Winona doesn't have choices like that. What is she going to do? Tap on the shoulder and go, excuse me, turn around so you can face me? Mm. You know, in a moment of anger, in a moment of hatred, you do what you do. And, and she has been attacked. She has been um, poisoned to the point of where she couldn't move her limbs. She has been eradicated from the face of the earth before bringing brought back, bringing brought back. Before she was brought back, um, she has been bitten by a cobra. She has lost her sister. She lost 18 months. She was almost hanged. You know, the the woman has gone through so much. And you're just saying, well, we just need to put a feud to an end because, you know, hey, by the way, they wanted your baby. I mean, wouldn't that just be like that straw, you know? So for, for me, looking at him, I'm like, I understand you want to move on but you're in a different place and, and you need to understand I'm not there yet. You know, Winona's not there yet. It's just very heartbreaking for me as, as far as the relationship goes, because they, you know, they tangoed once, right? And that's how they got Alice. But <laughs> They tangoed once. Well, yeah. They tangoed more than once, well, I think. Uh, well, however many times they did, right? After that time, it just doesn't seem like they've been on the same page ever since. And it's just, you can see that they care deeply for each other, and it just never gets there. And it's just, it's just sad. I really wonder where this is going to leave him. Yeah, I mean, he has, he, he's immortal. He's immortal. He has all the time in the world. Yeah. Just like you got all the time in the world in the well, he has all the time in the world again. But that's what I mean. You know, he he loves Winona at, uh, so much that he's willing to do a lot of different things for her. And she doesn't, like you said, she doesn't have the, that luxury of time. And they never quite get to the same page. Eventually, Winona's time is going to, it's going to end. Yeah. And so that's why that's why for me it's heartbreaking because it's they 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 could be so good together, and they and are. have and have that that time together, but they just they just don't quite make it. Yeah, and I, I I'm like I said, I'm very curious as to where it's going to leave them with the family because I see Waverly backing her sister. Mm-hmm. And I, I see Nicole turning around going, you don't know what it was like for 18 months. You don't know what those people are like. You have no idea what they did to me. You have no idea what they did to this town. You have no idea what they've done to everybody else. You have no right to judge what we do. Yeah. And I don't, I really don't see that as a problem. Like I, I, I really don't see that being a problem for Nicole to say, because I think that, that that's true. You know, you weren't here for 18 months. When she says in the kitchen, you know, there was nothing about those 18 months, There's nothing easy about those 18 months. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know where Doc's going to be. 
he's going to come to a crossroad because he's also in a deal with the owner of the, the glory hole. So you want to make better decisions, but you immediately made a decision for more money to basically be robbing these trucks coming in for BBD to get people medicine and, and stuff and supplies. But see, he, even though the surface looks bad, his ulterior motive has always been good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe he has a plan for that. Uh, I'm, so we, we've already dabbled with Winona. We've been going back and forth because her and Doc seem to be, their storylines are rather... Um, They're intertwined. Yeah. But I have to move away from Doc because I'm just going to keep getting annoyed <laughs> that okay. they're not on the same page because that is heartbreaking. For the first time, I feel like Winona has accepted that she is not just the heir to this curse. She really is... She's the person that people have to lean on whether she likes it or not. And she's accepted that that's her role. Mm-hmm. Um, like her mission hasn't changed. No, it hasn't. And by her accepting that, that's how she was able to get Peacemaker back. Which really cool that it came out as like this glowy sword and then it got into her hand and turned back into the gun. Yeah. Maybe, it, it's more functional to be a gun. It's true. <laughs> Maybe it will actually get an explanation as to why Peacemaker turns blue sometimes. Mm. Yes. Maybe. But, um, so, cause since, since her and Doc's storylines are pretty much almost interwoven, I'm curious where this all leaves her. Because being the heir, accepting you're the heir, accepting you have to make these tough choices that you don't want to make because that's what heroes do. Where does it leave you? You know, are you ever going to see your daughter again? You know, is, is baby daddy going to be in your life or is he going to go a different way? Because he might not look at her the same way, knowing what she did. Mm-hmm. Well, since that that last episode, I don't think that he has. It's it's already changed. Well, but everything changes. The only constant in life is change. But what kind of change? Mm. So, yeah. God, this indirectly is an amazing season finale. Season mid. Mid-season finale. finale, yes. And then, of course, you know, you have the journey of Way Hot. Yeah, I, I'm i glad that they they came out of this together. I, You know what I appreciated about that? It was the fact that there was angst, there are dark times, there might be dark times ahead because of what Nicole went through right. that we really is not experienced. But, but they still have each other. They still have each other. And there is an acceptance that it, you know, negative, positive, we're still together. Like you and I fight. We have bad moments. We make bad decisions in certain times, but we're always there for each other. Like yes. that, that foundation is, is solid, solid and, and we don't waver there. And I really, really, really appreciated when they were drowning Nicole and Jeremy looks right at the camera and just goes, trust us. This is this is not what it looks like. But it's just, I don't fear. It's the first time I really don't fear for queer characters on a television show. Mm. You know, I don't mind enjoying their storylines. I don't mind enjoying where they're going. I'm not afraid that I'm going to watch an like episode. Like the other shoe is going to drop and then someone dies. Yeah. Like the shot felt around the world. Yes, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I am glad that they've they had their moment with the with the proposal. 
Um, and it was so cute. It was. It was just, it was very heartwarming. And at the same time, that whole scene was also heartbreaking because as they were getting together, Winona and Doc were far apart. Far apart. The yin and the yang. Yes. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts of the first six episodes? Um, my final thoughts. The, the biggest thing for me are the relationships throughout the episodes. Um, there's just so... Hmm, how do I say this? Um, there's so many ups and downs. The, the relationships ebb and flow. Like the biggest thing for me was the the three main relationships, mm-hmm. um, Robin and Jeremy, right? We we touched upon that already. That would not have that would not work for me if that were us. Yep. And and I and I'm sorry. I always look at different relationships in the lens of how I would be dealing it dealing with the situation with if it were you and me. Okay. So, you know, the fact that they're apart is, it just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Um, Winona and Doc, the fact that they are being torn apart, that also doesn't sit well with me. But then, you know, we do have Waverly and Nicole, and they're moving forward. But there's also that very big question of how is that going to be? Mm-hmm. because of the 18 months apart. And and we were talking about it the other day. Time apart will change people. Yes. And technically, Waverly did not have any time. To her, exactly, it was seconds. So she really hasn't had experiences to change her, whereas Nicole has had 18 months of... I mean, come on. I mean, she, I, I think she's got PTSD from just hearing noises and she jumped in out of bed and mm-hmm. uh, Waverly had to remind her it was Winona's like snack time. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there's just, there's just so many change. That's the, I guess that's the, the main thing of the, the main theme of yeah. the season so far. There's just a lot of changes. I, I have so many questions. I have so many questions running through my head. And it's very hard for me to quantify what the season means thus far or break it down. Like I can break down each character of what I like, what I don't like, where they're going, what their story seems to be, what the questions are related to them. But I can't quite put my finger on the season yet. And it's not a bad thing. Um, I I enjoy the continued development. I enjoy that they are allowing and pushing boundaries because really they are really pushing boundaries and they're, they're um, groundbreaking episodes like season two, Uh, season two, episode two, like episode two and, and season two, because they had Melanie Scrifano was pregnant Mm. for the entire season. Um, You know, they, it just, the, the writers, the, the crew, you know, everybody just seems to be all in and bringing us the best possible show they can. Yeah. And I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a great deal. I I also am very very thankful that they are going back or they have finished, I guess by the time this airs, they may have been, I'm not quite sure. But you know, they had safety protocols in place and they all went back. Um but for me what was really sticking out, I guess that I could just put a finger on is that 
the emotions are so authentic. You know, it's yeah. a science fiction background. It's it's genre, um, but that's how you can discover, not discover, how you can like really delve into those hard topics. Yeah, and I just I'm so thankful for that because it's so real and so the acting feels so authentic, and I mean. I just, there are moments when I watch Melanie Scrifano and she's laughing one minute and she's laugh crying the next and you, you feel her heart breaking mm-hmm. and yet she's smiling because she's trying to put on a good face and you feel it and you know it. And, uh, Kat Burrell is the same way, you know, Dominique's the same way. I mean, it's just, I feel if, I don't know, it just feels like a, a more emotional season. Yes. And knowing how hard everybody had to fight to get season four and then get this type of quality after all of that, it's just, it's it, like, it's like a wow, you yeah. know? When you were talking about Melanie Scrifano and the emotions, that is the, the scene that comes to mind for me was that scene where Nicole, uh, Waverly actually, was proposing to Nicole. Mm-hmm. And then that's the exact you see, yeah, you see Melanie Scrifano as Winona, like really crying. And you, you don't know if she's crying because she's happy for Waverly, but then also like really heartbroken for herself because of what's going on with her and Doc. Yeah. Does it, it feels like there has been a shift in the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's both exciting and worrisome. Having cut off where it cut off. Yes. Well, change is constant. And so with that, I am going to ask our listening audience what they think of the first half of Winona Herb season four. We have six more episodes dropping sometime in 2021. I don't know if we can wait that long. Nope. No? Nope. I think we kind of have to. Oh, we have no choice. Um, Yes, so head on over to our Twitter account at Forever Fan Pod and let us know what you think of the first half of Winona Earp and what will you watch during the void? The void? Really? You had to say it like that? Well, yeah. What are you going to watch during the void? I didn't say it like that. Yeah, but it's just the void. Okay, during the break. During the break. What do you want me to say? We're on a break. (laughs) It just sounds like you're breaking up somehow. Uh, Oh, it's just all so bad. Anyway. There's going to be a lot of rewashes. Yes. But regardless, I do want to do a final special shout out to Bonnie, Tavia, Serena, and Leah. I am never, ever, ever looking at Nicole Hudstats in the same way again. (laughs) I just have to throw that out there. I do know it is an inside joke, and I apologize to our listening audience. But it was just... It had to be said. It had to be said, yes. In the meantime, if you do want to know or get notified about new episodes and, you know, hear our banter and our craziness that we do on a bi-weekly basis, by all means, hit that cute little subscribe button on whatever you're listening. Because truthfully, we do really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, well, just listen to us. Yep. And so if you can also leave us a review of the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, And until next time, stay safe. 
be kind, and remember, Rosita was right. That Xena reboot would have distracted us too. <laughs>